Thank you, Mark. Good morning, Church. Um, let's open up our Bibles this morning. I will be reading from the NIV Bible, and we will be reading Habakkuk's prayer. Um, Habakkuk, 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 sorry, excuse me. Habakkuk's uh, chapter three. Before we start uh, to read God's word, let us pray, shall we? Dear Heavenly Father God, all glory and honour to you. For you are our wondrous and powerful creator, full of grace and mercy upon our lives, who sustain us to live for the glory of the gospel. Father, we thank you for your word we are about to receive. Help us to hear you and to be encouraged by your word and open our eyes to show us how powerfully glorious and sovereign you are, so that you and we may so that we may be God-loving and God-fearing people who rejoice in you. In the name of Jesus Christ our Lord and Saviour. Amen. Amen. Habakkuk's prayer. A prayer of Habakkuk the prophet on Shigona. Lord, I have heard of your fame. I stand in awe of your deeds, O Lord. Renew them in our day, in our time. Make them known. In wrath, remember mercy. God came from Timon, the Holy One, from Mount Paran. His glory covered the heavens and his praise filled the earth. His splendour was like the sunrise. Rays flashed from his hand where his power was hidden. Plague went before him. Pestilence followed his steps. He stood and shook the earth. He looked and made the nations tremble. The ancient mountains crumbled and the age-old hills collapsed. His ways are eternal. I saw the tents of Cushan in distress, the dwellings of Midian in anguish. Were you angry with the rivers, O Lord? Was your wrath against the streams? Did you rage against the sea when you rode with your horses and your victorious chariots? You uncovered your bow. You called for many arrows. You split the earth with rivers. The mountains saw you and writhed. Torrents of water swept by the deep roared and lifted its waves on high. Sun and moon stood still in the heavens. At the glint of your flying arrows, at the lightning of your flashing spear, in wrath you strode through the earth and in anger you threshed the nations. You came out to deliver your people, to save your anointed one. You crushed the leader of the land of wickedness. You stripped him from head to foot. With his own spear, you pierced his head when his warriors stormed out to scatter us, gloating as though about to devour the wretched who were in hiding. You trampled the sea with your horses, churning the great waters. I heard and my heart pounded, my lips quivered at the sound, decay crept into my bones and my legs trembled. Yet I will wait patiently for the day of calamity to come on the nation invading us. Though the fig trees do not bud and there are no grapes on the vines, though the olive crops fails 
and the fields produce no food. Though there are no sheep in the pen and no cattle in the stalls, yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will be joyful in my God, in God my Saviour. The Sovereign Lord is my strength. He makes my feet like the feet of a deer. He enables me to go on the heights for the director of music on my stringed instruments. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. <clears throat> all right, good morning, church. Great to see all of you joining in this Zoom service for the first time. We want to thank Alan and the PA team for organizing this. They have been great doing all the pre-recording. And now as we move on to Zoom, yeah, we want to thank them for their continued support and hard work. Now this past week reminds us again that this world is not what it is supposed to be. There is the global outrage against racism and against police brutality following the death of George Floyd in the US. Now, the evil of racism may be on the spotlight today, but there are many other injustices and biases that do not make international headlines. There is the ongoing corruption in many institutions. There is ongoing domestic violence. And there is ongoing human trafficking. And we could go on listing every kind of injustice. The question for us this morning is, how are we Christians to respond to the evils in our society today? Well, I think we should grieve at the brokenness of this world. And we must also be angry. We should be angry at racism. We should be angry at the violence, at its social injustices. We should be angry at all forms of evil. Why? It's because the Bible tells us that God is angry at human wickedness. And so must we. But we must not sin when we are angry. We must never express our anger through violence. We must not overcome evil with evil. Instead, we must overcome evil with good. And scripture tells us not to take revenge because God himself will repay those who perpetrate evil. And we are to leave vengeance to God. And we can leave vengeance to God when we bring our anger to him. We can tell God why we are angry. And this was what Habakkuk did. Habakkuk was angry with his people, with his countrymen, because they were blatantly committing the sins of injustice, the sins of violence in Jerusalem and Judah. And he brought his anger to God. And in his anger, he questioned God. Habakkuk wanted to know why God was taking so long to bring judgment on Jerusalem and Judah. And God answered that soon 
he will send the ruthless Babylonians as his instrument of judgment to invade Jerusalem and Judah. On hearing this, Habakkuk charged God with inconsistency. In his mind, Habakkuk thinks that how could a holy God use the wicked baby Babylonians to bring judgment on his covenantal people? And how could a just God allow the righteous to be destroyed along with the guilty? When God replied that the righteous would live by their faithfulness and that the ruthless Babylonians themselves would be destroyed, Habakkuk was humble to know that God was indeed just and holy. And Habakkuk had no further questions for God. Instead, he acknowledged God's sovereignty over the affairs of mankind. And God would judge human wickedness in his own time, according to his own plan, to bring about his good purpose for his people. So at the end of chapter 2, Habakkuk's faith in God was strengthened. He invited all people to worship the sovereign God in awe and reverence. And so now in chapter 3, Habakkuk shows how we are to worship God in awe and reverence with a prayer. So please turn to your Bible and keep it open at chapter 3 uh, of Habakkuk. Now verse 1 reads, A prayer of Habakkuk the prophet on Shigionoth. Now, this is a new word for all of us. Shigionoth is, is actually a musical term. That means Habakkuk will pray with musical accompaniment. And the music is to be played with a stringed instrument as the end of verse 19 tells us, the end of chapter 3 tells us that for the music, for the director of music on my string instruments. So Habakkuk will pray, will give us a pray in a song. So his prayer is a song. And wouldn't it be wonderful if today we can sing our prayers to God as well? Not many of us um, will be able to put music to our prayer, but we can use hymns and songs as our personal prayers to God. Have you ever done that? You may want to try. Choose your favorite hymn or your favorite song and use the lyrics as your prayer. Now Habakkuk's prayer is far richer than the lyrics of our hymns and our songs. In his prayer, Habakkuk asked God to repeat his mighty deed of salvation, especially when the Babylonians invade Jerusalem. And then Habakkuk will resolve to do two things. One, he will wait patiently for the day of salvation. And two, he will rejoice in God his Savior. So let us look at this, uh, the three parts of Habakkuk's prayer and draw lessons uh, for us today. First, Habakkuk asked God 
to repeat his mighty deed of salvation when the Babylonians invade Jerusalem. Look at verse 2. Lord, Habakkuk says, Lord, I have heard of your fame. I stand in awe of your deeds, Lord. Now, Habakkuk remembers the famous and mighty deeds that God had done for Israel in the past. In particular, Habakkuk recalls the exodus from Egypt. And he also recalls Israel's conquest of Canaan to take possession of the promised land. And these two great events are described in metaphorical language from verses 3 to 15. Now, as Habakkuk recalls God's faithfulness to Israel in the past, he now asks God to repeat his mighty act of salvation. So in the second part of verse 2, Habakkuk says, repeat them. That means repeat these acts of salvation. Repeat them in our day, in our time. Make them known. In wrath, remember mercy. In wrath, remember mercy. Now, this is an amazing prayer request. God has made known to Habakkuk that the Babylonian invasion is God's wrath on Jerusalem and Judah. But Habakkuk prays that in his wrath, God will remember to be merciful because without God's mercy, there will be no salvation. Now, however, God has already said he will show mercy. Remember earlier in chapter 2, he told Habakkuk that not all the people will be destroyed. God has said that the righteous people will live by their faithfulness. Those who trust in God's promise those who will go into exile, they will live. So even in his wrath, even as the Babylonians invade Jerusalem, God has provided a way of salvation for his covenantal people. And Habakkuk knows this, and he is just reminding God that in his wrath, please remember mercy. And today we find God acting in the same way to save us. God's wrath and God's mercy had come together at the cross. God's wrath fell on Jesus when on the cross he took our sins and died the death he, we deserve. But God's mercy falls on us when we put our trust in Jesus. And Jesus' righteousness becomes our righteousness so that we receive the eternal life we don't deserve. Friends, this is the best news we have today. All of us deserve God's wrath because we are all sinners. And sinful human beings are the reasons why there is racism. We are the reasons why there is corruption, there is injustice, 
We are the problems of this world. We deserve judgment. But God in His love has offered a way of salvation. When we come to the cross, when we repent of our sins and put our trust in Jesus, we receive God's mercy instead of God's wrath. Yes, when we put our trust in Jesus, we receive God's mercy instead of God's wrath. And when we realize how terrible God's wrath is, we will be ever grateful to receive God's mercy. And Habakkuk feels that way too. He gets a sense of what God's wrath is like. He sees it as the Babylonians, uh, the Babylonian army sweeps down into Judah and Jerusalem, destroying everything in their way. And death will come by the sword, by the famine, and by pestilence. And when Habakkuk imagines the horrors of the invasion, he actually becomes sick. And he tells us in verse 16, so if you look at verse 16, he says, I heard and my heart pounded. My lips quivered at the sound. Decay crept into my bones and my legs trembled. Now, have you ever felt like that? Your heart racing, your lips quivering, and your knees go soft? We feel like this when we experience real terror. And God's wrath is real terror. Yet despite the terror of God's wrath, Habakkuk does not plead with God to change his mind. Habakkuk knows that God is just and holy. Sin must be punished. And God will not tolerate uh, evil. And so the Babylonian invasion must take place. But when God's wrath comes, Habakkuk knows he will receive mercy. And in gratitude, Habakkuk resolves to do two things. First, he will wait patiently for the day when God will destroy the Babylonians. So in the second part of verse 16, we read, or Habakkuk says, Yet I will wait patiently for the day of calamity to come on the nation invading, invading us. So Habakkuk will wait for the day God will destroy the Babylonians. Now to wait for the collapse of the Babylonian empire may sound like Habakkuk is being vindictive, but it is not. You see, Habakkuk is expressing his faith in God's promise. When Babylon ceases to be a superpower, when Babylon is finally destroyed, Jerusalem and Judah will then be freed of the exile. In other words, Habakkuk is looking forward to the salvation of his people after serving their time in the Babylonian exile. Now, this tells us how much Habakkuk trusts in God 
to fulfill his promises. And we must learn to be like Habakkuk, to trust that God will fulfill all his promises to us. Now today, as we see the injustices and the evil that is prevailing in our society, we are distressed and we are angry. And we may be tempted to fix all the wrongs in the world in our own way. But our attempt by sinful uh, human beings to fix this world, this broken world, will often end in failure. Only God can destroy the evil in this world. And God has promised us that when Jesus comes again, he will right all wrong. He will fix all that is broken. And Jesus will finally destroy evil. And because God has promised that, we want to wait patiently for Jesus to return. We must wait patiently for Jesus to return. And as we do that, we are not to be doing nothing. We are not to be passive and allow the spread of evil within society. No, as we wait for Jesus to return, we are to fight against evil. We are to be the light and salt of this world. And how do we fight against evil? Not by joining protests, not by embracing some form of activism. A protest will not change the, human, the sinful human heart into a righteous one. Activism cannot transform the human heart into a heart of righteousness. Only the gospel of Jesus Christ can do that. Only the gospel of Jesus Christ can transform our sinful heart into a righteous one. Because the, in the gospel, the righteousness of God is revealed. So there is an urgency for us today to keep proclaiming the gospel. Only the gospel can push back the advances of evil. And when the gospel fills the whole earth as the waters cover the sea, racism will be no more. Injustice will be no more. And evil will be no more. And there will be only justice, peace and righteousness. So our prayer today is that we will take the gospel out and proclaim the gospel to all people. Even as we wait for the Lord Jesus Christ to come again. Now the second thing Habakkuk resolves to do is to rejoice in God's salvation and find strength in God alone. In verses 17 and 18, Habakkuk says this, Though the fig tree does not bud, and there are no grapes on the vines, though the olive crop fails, and the fields produce no food, though there are no sheep in the pen, and no cattle in the stalls, yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will be joyful in God my Saviour. Now, what a great prayer there. Again, a great prayer of faith. 
Now Habakkuk knows that when the Babylonians invade Jerusalem, everything will be destroyed or burned down. There will be nothing left, no crops, no harvest, and famine will set in. Yet Habakkuk will not be distressed. He will find his strength in God alone, and he will continue to trust in God and rejoice in his salvation because he knows that when the Babylonians uh, defeat Jerusalem, eventually God will destroy the Babylonians and free Jerusalem again. So he puts his trust in God. He rejoices in God, his Savior. So today, we need again to learn from Habakkuk how to find joy in God, our Savior. Now, in this pandemic, many of us have suffered in various ways. Some have lost loved ones. Others have lost their jobs. Yet others have taken a pay cut. For many, there may be mortgage stress or rental stress. Many will face financial difficulties. And the future is bleak. And what will you do if you are in such a situation? Will you say with Habakkuk, Yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will be joyful in God my Savior. Now if we put our hope in this world, if we have only rejoiced in material possessions, then when material things are taken away from us, we have no reason to be joyful. We will be most miserable and we will find no meaning in life. On the other hand, if our hope is in the world to come, if our identity is in Jesus Christ, then when material things are taken away from us, we still can be joyful because God himself will be there for us. We belong to him and God will never abandon us. So even in death, God will be there for us. So brothers and sisters, put your faith in God. Put your faith in Jesus Christ. Make him your strength. Make him your only hope. And even when everything in this world is taken from you, God will satisfy you with eternal life. Let me end with the story of Eric Liddell. Many of you will know him. His life is featured in the movie Chariots of Fire. Now, after he won the Olympic gold medal, he became a missionary in China. And when the Japanese occupied China during the Second World War, Eric was interned. And despite the hardship of prison life, despite hunger and weakness, and despite suffering a brain tumor, Eric was always encouraging his fellow prisoners. He was always doing good, loving his fellow prisoners. And nothing could dampen his hope and joy. And what was his secret? His fellow prisoners asked. 
while the answer was found in his favorite hymn, which he sang along just before he died. And the first line of the hymn reads, Be still, my soul, the Lord is on thy side. Now, Lidl was a man like Habakkuk. In life and in death, Lidl found joy in the Lord, his Savior. When God is with us, nothing can shake us. So I pray that whatever circumstances you may find yourself in, please find your joy and strength in Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your salvation in Christ Jesus. Help us to put our trust not in the things of this world, but in your only Son, Jesus. We pray for our world in turmoil as it battles the pandemic and the outrage against racial injustice. Please extend your mercy to those afflicted with the coronavirus that, may, that they may also receive spiritual healing through your gospel. For those suffering racial injustice, may your gospel help them to forgive the perpetrators and may they find peace and unity in Christ. For all of us at TGCC, may you strengthen us with your glorious power that we may endure every trial with patience and with joy. We pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen.